title of today's message is wait and see wait and see let's go to today's text we're going to be reading from the book of john chapter 11 and uh, we're going to jump around within this chapter uh, so you can follow along with me in your bibles or just follow along on the screen so again we're starting here in john chapter 11 and we're going to start with verse 1 through 7 and then we're going to jump over to verse 17 and then jump over to verse 37 again john chapter 11 verse 1 this is the word of god now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Got to keep that in mind. He loved them. And so what's about to happen Right? We have to remember, he loves him. Verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, the weird thing is he stayed where he was two more days. He didn't go right away. He stayed two days longer. Verse 7. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Interesting, right? Why did he stay longer? But remember, he loved them. Verse 17. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Verse 18, Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Let's jump on over to verse 37. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? I mean, if he just come sooner, why didn't he just come sooner? Why didn't he just come right away? I mean, he could have healed him. He could have prevented him from dying. Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And remember the word glory means goodness. He says, you will see the glory, the goodness of God. Verse 41, and so they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Come on, somebody say it. Lazarus, come out out. Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hand and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Amen. Amen. Wait and see. Can you put that in the chat today? Wait 
and see, wait and see, wait and see what God has for you. Amen. So in the passage today, the part that I really want to emphasize, obviously, is the waiting part that the sisters had to endure. When they sent for Jesus, there was a period where they had to wait for Jesus. And, and uh, what, we, what you need to know about the Christian life is that waiting on God is a very important part of of this walk with God, of this relationship with God. It's supposed to be something that is a prominent part of our spiritual lives. In fact, waiting on God should be part of our spiritual lifestyle. When I say lifestyle, it should be part of, of sort of almost to, to the point of being like part of our daily lives, right? Lifestyle means that it's not occasional. It's not something that happens once in a while. But of course, we all wish we don't have to wait for things, right? We all try to avoid waiting. I mean, if you've lived in Korea long enough, if you've ever had to walk on the streets, if you ever had to cross the street, people will run, <laughs> right, to, towards the crosswalk. If it's green, if it's, you know, walk, they'll run because if you don't catch it when it's green or you don't catch it when you can walk, we know you have to wait there for a really long time. I don't know what's with Korea. I feel like crosswalks take a really long time. You have to wait a really long time. And so, you know, in life, we tend to try to avoid waiting. We try to avoid waiting in lines, you know. Uh, what is that? Like when you go to Lotte World, there's like the speed pass or something, magic pass. Why? Because we want to avoid waiting. And... Um, and the unhealthy thing spiritually is to want to or try to avoid waiting within our spiritual lives because it's a very important part of spiritual growth. Now, waiting on God can be like, like waiting at a bus stop where you're just kind of sitting still and you're doing nothing. But beyond that, it's really more of an attitude. Waiting on God is a position of your heart. It's an attitude of trust. It's an attitude of hope. And so because of that, it is a way of worshiping God. When I'm waiting on God, I'm saying that He is worthy. He is God right? He is my source. He is my treasure. He is my shepherd. He's the one who takes care of me. I worship him through waiting. I honor him through waiting. So waiting on him is an expression of faith. And again, waiting on God impacts us in a very positive, healthy, spiritual way. Waiting on God causes us to grow spiritually. Our faith is stretched and strengthened. Our intimacy with God is deepened. And our worship is heightened to new levels when we wait on God. And so when you look at different figures in the Bible, you see that waiting on God played a very significant role in their lives. You know, when you look at the life of Joseph, God gave him a dream, but he had to wait. Wait through many trials and difficulties in order, in order to see that dream come to pass. The Israelites had to wait. Abraham had to wait. David had to wait. All throughout scriptures, right, God's people had to wait. And any time God's people did wait, God did something great through their waiting. And that's God's message for you today. God wants to do something great in your life. Amen. Can you put it in the chat? Greater things are coming. 
I want to prophesy that. I want to declare that in faith, with my heart, with love, with the love of the Father. God is calling you to wait because He wants to do something great in your life. Come on, somebody. Do you need something great? Do you need a great breakthrough in your life? Do you need a great answer from God? This is a word for you today. God wants to do great things in your life today. Amen? And it happens through waiting. And so... Uh, I want to share with you three things you need to know about waiting on God. Three very important things that we can learn through today's passage about waiting on God. Number one. Number one. Waiting on God means putting God first. What does it mean to wait on God? It means to put God first in everything. In everything. And so when Mary and Martha needed something, when they needed help, when they were in a situation of great need, who did they call? Not Ghostbusters. They called Jesus, right? <laughs> Do you know that? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. No, they didn't call Ghostbusters. They called Jesus, which is appropriate, right? Because a lot of times when we have need, the question is, who do you go to first? Who do you put first in your priority in your life? And waiting on God means that we put God first. When it comes to decisions, before you make a decision, you go to God first. You wait on God. When it comes to all our needs, we put God first. And so, again, waiting on God means that we put God ahead of everything and anything else. We go to Him first. We put Him ahead of ourselves. We put Him ahead of others. It means I'm depending on God more than I depend on people. When I wait on God, I'm saying I trust in Him and I depend on Him more than circumstances. I, 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 when I wait on God, I'm saying God is my provider, not my job. God is the one who takes care of me. God is the one who carries me. And so put, waiting on God is to put His ways before our ways. To put His desires before our desires. It is to put His plan before our plans. When we're waiting on God, we're seeking His will, we're seeking His guidance, and we're seeking His answers first. You know, it's shocking how many Christians don't pray. <laughs> you know, I, I always kind of assumed that everybody knows, like, you should pray, you should pray. It's like the typical answer, right? It's like, oh, you should pray about it. But, you know, a lot of times when people come to me or, or, or you know, from what I've heard from other pastors, people come, it's like, oh, pastor, you know, I got this and I got that. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my life. Or I don't know how to get married or who to get married to or oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, have you prayed about it? And a lot of the times the answer is, no, not really. I haven't really prayed. And it's like, what? That's really weird. Because it's, it's like somebody saying, you know, coming to the doctor is like, oh, doctor, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm so unhealthy and I have all this weight. And I don't know how to lose weight. Have you tried dieting yet? You know, have you tried exercising yet? No. <laughs> it's like, well, that's the obvious answer, right? It's like, if you haven't tried that yet, of course it's not working. It's like, you have prayer. Look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. It says, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, right? You may be waiting on God. God is waiting on you. 
God is waiting for you. That's the most amazing thing. That's the most opposite of a religious spirit and religious teaching. You know, the gospel says God is the one waiting on you. And what's he waiting for? He is waiting to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. God waits to be gracious to you. He waits to give you grace. He waits to give you mercy. He waits to be good to you. Hallelujah. And so it's a waste when we don't wait on God. You know, like one pastor says, do you know you have the God of the universe? The king of kings with all power and all wisdom. And you're wasting it when you don't wait. You're wasting it when you go to everybody else but God. You're wasting it when you look to situations first rather than God first. You have, right, the, 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 the greatest source in the universe, right, available to you. So don't waste God. He is waiting to bless you. He's waiting to be good to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the these things will be added unto you. Amen. Come on. Wait on God. Put God first. Amen. So that doesn't mean we can't look to people or ask people for help. But again, it's a heart attitude. Right? I'm going to look to God. I'm going to depend on God. And even God can work through people. But I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. I'm trusting in God. Amen. All right. So that's number one. Number two. Number two. Waiting on God means that God's timing, or sorry, the second thing you need to know about waiting on God is that God's timing is not always our timing, right? Now, it's not always not not our timing, right? Sometimes it is, but God's timing oftentimes might not be our timing, right? So in today's passage, Jesus delays, Jesus comes later than they expected. They probably thought that if we tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick and he's about to die, he will quickly right away leave. But the Bible says that he delayed for two days. He stayed longer, which is like really weird. It's like, that's really cold-hearted, man, right? It's like, what what are you doing, Jesus? You got to go quickly, but Jesus delays. And so when he did not come, when they expected, it shows us that God's timing is different. It can be different to our timing, to our natural, logical timing. God's timing is different, but here's the good news. Here's the great thing. If you know this, if you apply this, it's going to bless your life. Here's the good news. God's timing is freedom. God's timing is freedom. The reason why I say that is because I think, in my experience, in my observation, I've noticed that a lot of people's problems stems from timing, from timing. A lot of people that I meet, that I know, that I've counseled, right, the pressure they feel in life, the anxiety, the stress, and even the depression that they feel is because of timing. And not timing from God, but timing from man, from their own self, whether, or, or, or from their culture, or from their society, right? Societal expectations of timing. What am I talking about? Things like, you know, we, we think, we feel like we need to graduate by a certain time. We feel like we need to get married by a certain age, right? And because of that pressure of timing, we, we feel this anxiety, we feel this pressure. Uh, we may even feel more depressed because, again, of this 
man-made timing. We feel like you have to succeed or you have to have a successful career by a certain age. You, we feel like we have to have our life figured out by a certain time. Right? Oh, man, I'm 35 and I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life and I'm such a loser. I'm so behind. What do you mean you're behind? Who told you you're behind? What timeline? What schedule? Whose schedule are you living? Right? Even when it comes to learning things, sometimes we get frustrated with learning things because we feel like we're not learning fast enough. It's like, oh, I should be good at this by now. Right? I should have learned this by now. Right? And so we develop the fear of failure. Why? Because of man-made timing. But again, when we choose to wait on God, that sets us free from the world's expectations. It sets us free from the worldly schedules, the worldly timelines, because what? I am now waiting on God's timing. I'm not living for man's timing. I'm not living by the world's timing. I am waiting on God's timing for my life. And if you want to experience that freedom, you got to be willing to let go of those timings. You got to let go of those times. And, and, and it's not so much that God won't use that timing or do when you expect, but we've got to always, again, open-handed surrender, bring it to God and say, you know what? I planned on getting married by 1921. True story. I thought, I really believed I was going to get married around 19. At the latest 21, I got married at 38 right? Close to 38, which was, what's that? 17 years? 17 years later than I expected. That's a huge delay, but it was completely and totally worth the wait. But in that time, of course, there was pressure and there was a feeling, maybe I missed my opportunity or maybe it's too late for me. But thank God, by His grace, I lived by His timing, not my timing, that I waited on the Lord. Maybe not so pretty, right? It wasn't so pretty. It's like there's a, oh God, when, you know, why? But, you know, it wasn't pretty. But by the grace of God, we made it, amen? God's grace is available for you. And if you're willing to let go of that timing, then you will let God be the one that you are waiting for. Come on, somebody. Put it in the chat. I'm waiting on God. And that sets me free. Why, you know, so many, why has this happened yet? I'm waiting on God. I trust in God's timing. I'm waiting on God. There is freedom. Freedom. You're set free from all those other expectations when you choose to wait on God. Amen? Amen. Trust the Lord. And number three, the third thing you need to know about, about waiting on God is that when God seems late, He's always worth the wait. I made it rhyme for you. I like it. When God seems late, he is worth the wait. He is worth the wait. So, of course, in today's scripture, it really, really was obvious or it really seemed like Jesus was late. They asked him to come to pray for Lazarus while he was sick to prevent him from dying. And then Jesus shows up after he dies, and it's so it seemed like God was late. In fact, it seemed like God was too late. He was too late. And this reminds us that we need to always keep in mind that things can get ugly in our waiting on God. When you're waiting on God, things can get ugly. Things can get difficult. In fact, even the very thing that you're waiting for can seem like it will never happen. They were waiting for Jesus to heal their brother and for him to be healthy, and now it seemed like it will never happen. It's too late. And this gives us two difficult 
and challenging lessons that we need to learn and apply to our lives. And the sooner we learn them and the sooner we accept them and the sooner we apply it to our lives, man, the better we will be. Number one, sometimes the best thing is to go slow. Woo, somebody was like, I don't want to hear that, right? I want it now, instant ramen, instant noodles, right? With Instagram, right? And we, why, do, why do people, why do, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Advertisers include the word Insta, instant and everything because that's what humans want. We don't want to be told, go slow, take it slower. And you're like, it's already been so slow. But again, maybe God has you in this place where things are going slow because that's the best thing amen but it's like no and so again this is so good because God wants to give you rest in your soul he wants to set you free right and he's saying hey don't let the world pressure you don't let yourself pressure you into things and, and make you feel like you got to get this done get that done this needs to be you know you need to accomplish this you need to learn that you need you know you got to get this figured out right now right away faster 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 right and God says no sometimes the best thing is actually to go slow and the second lesson is that sometimes the best thing is to let good things die to let good things die and that's really hard that's really hard to let good things die. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you let go of good things? Why would you let, why would you let Lazarus die? Why, why would you let my dreams die, God? Why would you take this away from me? Why would you take that? Why would you let this fail? God, why? These were good things, right? The Bible says that God will prune good branches. He will cut away good fruit. I can understand if God cuts away bad things from my life. I can understand if God wants me to give up sinful things in my life. But why, God? Why did you get me? Why did you ask me to give up that person? Or why did you ask me to give up that job? Or why did you ask me to leave my home and come to this other nation and this, you know, Korea and I don't even speak this? Why would you ask me to give up good things? Because sometimes the best things, right? Sometimes the best thing is to let good things die so that, because there's a purpose. Right? God doesn't let good things die just to let them die. He has a purpose. Right? When God lets good things die in our life, it is so that greater things can happen. Amen. And so that greater things can happen. God was setting them up. He was setting Mary and Martha up for a greater miracle. They were expecting the miracle of healing. He brought the miracle of resurrection. Hallelujah. And in their culture, especially for those Jews at that, time, at that time, that was the mentality. Raising the dead, right? That's the miracle of miracle of miracles, right? Healing, we see people do that. We've seen shaman, we see even like, you know, cults do that, right? Demon. But to raise the dead, only God can do that. And so God used their waiting. As painful as it was, God used their waiting to create an opportunity for something greater. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters who are going through painful waiting, could it be that God is using your waiting, He's using your pain to create an opportunity for something greater? Hallelujah. God is preparing a Lazarus for you. Your Lazarus moment is coming. Did your dreams die? Did your hopes die? Did your relationships die? Did you feel 
feel like you're dying on the inside, Lazarus is coming. God is saying to somebody, Lazarus is coming. Hallelujah. You see, because they waited, that's the reason why they saw greater glory. Because they waited. Because they waited, they saw. They waited, they saw. That's today's message. Wait and see. Wait and see. The Bible says, taste and see that God is good. God's will for you is to know His goodness, to experience His goodness, to be filled and overflowing and surrounded by His goodness. But in order to taste and see His good, you've got to wait and see. Because if you wait, like Mary and Martha did, you will see the greater glory. Amen? Wait and see. You know, in the book of Acts, God, Jesus told His disciples, wait in Jerusalem. Can we get the piano? He said, wait in Jerusalem because if you wait and as you wait, greater power is coming to your life. Amen. God is saying to somebody today, I'm calling you to wait because I'm about to do something great. Whenever God calls you to wait, it's because He's got something great for you. He's got something great planned for you. He's got something great in the works. The Bible says that God works for those who wait. While you're waiting, it may seem like and feel like nothing's happening. God is working. In your waiting, God is working. In your waiting, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Didn't we send... Did, are you sure you sent the message? Are you sure you sent the letter? I mean, it's been like four, it's been two days. Where is he? Why, is, why are we waiting so long, right? And the whole time they thought God was too late. We have to always remember it's never too late for God. Even when it's too late for us, it's never too late for God. It's never too late for a miracle. It's never too late for God to do something. And the whole time they thought God was late, God was working. He was actually creating an opportunity for resurrection power. He was creating an opportunity to show up in a greater way. Amen and amen. But of course, waiting can be difficult. We can get shaken during the waiting. We can stumble during the waiting. And here's the good news. God has grace for us and God has strength for us to wait. He has grace to help us to wait. He has strength to help us to wait. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, But they who wait for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Strength comes when we wait on God. But this kind of waiting is different than the waiting we just talked about. See, we were talking about waiting for God to answer, waiting for God's plans to come to fruition. This kind of waiting is waiting with God, not just for God waiting with God. See, some people, they apply this verse in the wrong way, right? Oh, if I wait for God, then I will experience strength. And they're like, it's not working. I pray and I pray and I pray. I wait and I wait and wait and I don't feel renewed in my strength. I don't feel, no, no. He's talking about come into my presence. Lay it all down. Let it all go and just be with me. Stop waiting for something. Stop waiting for me to do something. Stop waiting for that thing and just be with me. Lay it down, surrender, and sacrifice that thing. And when you are in the presence of God, your strength will be renewed. When you focus on God, your strength, your hope will be renewed. There is freedom in the presence of God. Psalm 37, 7 in the NLT version, it says, Be still. 
Be still. Wait in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. He says, wait patiently for Him to act. How can you wait for God when it's so hard, when it's so difficult? Be still in the presence of God. What does that mean? It means spend time with God and just enjoy Him. Let it all go. Stop waiting for and start waiting with, right? So when you're waiting on God for something, all the more you need to plan, you need to prioritize, you need to commit to spend time in His presence, to spend time waiting on Him, not for Him to do something, but waiting on Him in the way of, of being with Him. Because this is what makes waiting on Him, waiting on His promises easier and more joyful, right? I can tell when a Christian is just waiting for God because they're miserable, they want to quit, you know, they're just, just all hope is lost. They're not taking time just to be with God, to wait on God, to wait in His presence, to just enjoy God. And so this, again, we're talking about practically prayer, worship, and word. But we're not talking about prayer, worship, or word like duty. This is what good Christians do. No, enjoying God, enjoying God, tasting and seeing that He is good, tasting of His grace, focusing on Him, seeing His goodness and His glory, who He is, not just what He does, who He is, what He's done in the past, looking at the cross, looking at the blood of Jesus, enjoying His grace, receiving grace upon grace, reminds us that He's good, and if you're reminded that He's good, you're going to be reminded that He's going to come through in the end, and it makes the waiting easier, but what makes the waiting hard is we get distracted and we lose focus, and our hearts drift away from His goodness to our worries and our fears and, and our, 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 our despondency and, and when is it going to happen? But again, don't just wait for God. Wait with God. Wait in His presence, right? Because you know what waiting on God is? It's about positioning ourselves. Waiting is positioning. And waiting on God is positioning ourselves to receive God's grace. You see, waiting is not something, it's not like this good works or performance thing you do. So if I wait, God, God will bless me. No, that's not what it is, right? It's like, oh, if I don't wait on God, if I don't pray enough, if I don't fast enough, God will not bless me. No, no, he's already blessing you. <laughs> the blessing is already on its way. So waiting is not a requirement for it to be given, but it is needed in order for it to be received. It's a position. It's a position. It positions us to receive. It's like this, right? I can, I can throw David a ball, right? I can throw David a ball and I can throw it for free. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to do anything to get me to do it. I'm just going to throw him the ball. Here, you can have the ball. But what does he need to do? He needs to be in the right position. If I'm throwing it over here, he can't be over there. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? See, God is throwing the blessings. He is giving the grace. He is giving the answers. Right? But if we're not waiting on God, we're not in the right position. And when we wait on God, we're in the right position to receive freely the grace of God. He says, I'm the vine. That's my position. What's your position? You're the branch. He says, I'm the potter. That's my position. That's, that's my role. What's your role? To be the clay. I am the shepherd and you are the sheep. So God's word today, he's reminding somebody, know your position. 
Stop trying to be God of your life. Stop trying to be in control of your life. Stop trying to be the boss. No, know your role. I'm the party, you're the clay. I'm the vine, you're the branch. And when we do that, when we wait on God, we are positioning ourselves in grace. So get in position, amen? Get in position and see his grace flow in your life like never before, amen? Grace is about to flow. Strength is going to flow when we wait on the Lord, amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I feel it already. I feel somebody. Come on, let's pray. I feel already somebody repenting already. You're repenting already, and that's so good because, see, God's kindness is leading you to repentance. You're feeling the love of God. You're feeling the conviction that comes from His kindness and your goodness. You've been complaining. You've had a bad attitude. And, and I want to mention this. I forgot to mention this, is that, again, there's grace for our waiting because our waiting can get ugly right? We, 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 we should wait, but we don't wait. Or we wait and we complain. And so our waiting can get ugly, but you know God has grace for your ugly. Amen. Even Abraham's waiting was not perfect. You know, Abraham was waiting for this child that never happened. And so what did he do? He took matters into his own hands. You know, he slept with his handmaid, Hagar, and made another child. And he did something that was not God's will, but God didn't sit there and punish him. God didn't okay, Abraham, you didn't have faith, you didn't wait, so let's chiso, let's cancel the promise. I'm going to take away the blessing. I'm going to find somebody else to be the father of nations. I'm going to find a new Abraham. God didn't do that. No, God gave grace to Abraham. God covered in his love. Even when his waiting was ugly and imperfect, God's grace was enough. Amen? Amen? And so God's leading you to repentance because you're like, oh man, my waiting has been ugly. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for understanding me. Thank you for helping me to realign my mind and my heart. This is the time to surrender, to lay it down before God. Fully commit. Come on. Let's go all in and say, I will wait on the Lord.